Networking and marketing made simple is for you, the business owner who has a product, a service, or a message that you believe in. My name is Scott Aaron, and each week we'll take a behind the scenes look into the real world marketing and networking tactics and strategies for getting what you have in front of you to a lot more people. Thanks for spending time with me. And now let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Networking and Marketing Made Simple. Super excited for today's episode. And actually, you know, you guys have heard, um, you know, we're well over 500 episodes now on the podcast, and I've done dual episodes uh, with just myself and my wife, but we've never done a dual interview, which is what we're going to be doing today. Um, we have Andy Crestadina with us today. He is one of the co founders and co owners of Orbit Media. And we're, we're going to be talking about all things content marketing, which uh, I, I just love Andy's take on things. And uh, obviously, he's big on LinkedIn, which you guys all know, listening to this podcast for nearly four years, that is my platform of choice. It's something that I've dedicated the last 10 years to. And uh, we're just really looking forward to this conversation. So with all that, Andy, welcome to today's episode. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. This will be fun. Yeah. So just uh, I always like starting off the podcast with uh, rewinding the tape before we actually move forward. And I was listening as we were talking in the pre-show, I was listening to an episode you did about six months ago. And, uh, you know, I came to find that you were actually in IT sales prior to actually launching your company back in 2000, 2001. So my, my first question is, rewinding the tape to when you were in IT sales back in the mid to late 90s, what was the catalytic moment for you when you said, I'm done with sales, I want to get into SEO and website building, and obviously the inception of uh, Orbit Media came about? Yeah, it was a placement agency. And there wasn't a creative job at all. You just help people change positions from one job to another. So I never got to make anything. I never got to point at something and say, I did that. It wasn't like, uh, my my hope was to use, and it worked out, I guess. My hope was to use both halves of my brain and to combine technology and creativity or art and science. Recruiting IT placement, I mean, it was a good time to do it. It was the late 1990s. So that was like Y2K and the tech bubble was getting, you know, was popular popular things at the time. But no, I, it was totally unsatisfying. Uh, I wanted to build something. And in the end, you know, there's a company here and I built that partly, but also just to make things, just to be creative, just to, uh, to, and at the time it was, of course, you know, websites, very accessible thing. It was early yet, although people told me it was too late already. It's hilarious, right? 1999, oh, Andy, there's already too many of those companies. It's too late to do web development. Um, so uh, really it was uh, just a creative just I, I wanted to make something. I, I wanted to build things uh, and not just you know help people change jobs. Yeah, and I remember you saying in that episode that it was your roommate that actually said to you like, "Oh, uh, I think you're a little bit too late on that whole website <laughs> thing." And even today, in in, in 2023, there are new SEO and website sure. development companies opening every single day. So I I just love that aspect of your story and. Um, for those that are listening or watching, Nancy is here. So I'm, I'm actually going to, um, I, I know she wrote a bunch of stuff down and you have a lot of questions. So, um, why don't you, uh, ask Andy, whatever you want to ask him? Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone who knows me, I'm a little bit of a knowledge crammer and I get excited about certain things and Andy, I just have to admit, so I came across, uh, your work and your, you know, everything that you're doing, um, 
I was in a random Facebook group. It's actually called the Daily Carnage hmm. uh, and it's for marketers. You know, it's a fun kind of playground where we share different things. And someone had said, uh, oh my gosh, you got to check out Andy. You know, he's amazing. He's an awesome content marketer and was kind of, you know, like basically raving about some of the things that you did. And so I'm always looking, right? You know, I want to stay on the latest trends and, and everything whenever it comes to marketing. And so I started kind of going down the rabbit hole. Uh, I bought your book, uh, Content oh. Chemistry. Okay. Uh, which is fantastic. I love how it's laid out and it's just so, you know, again, I'm a very analytical person. So I mean, mm -hmm. it's very uh, plug and play and uh, really awesome. So thank you for creating that. Um, so yeah, so I wrote down a couple questions because obviously like in the world of marketing and especially content marketing, right? Um, you know, it's hard to stay up to date, right? You know, kind of our heads are spinning and especially with AI and a new software coming out every day. Uh, you know, I've been trying to do a lot of things, right, to stay up to date, you know, whether it's uh, I actually have Feedly, right? I look at all the mm -hmm. RSS sure. feeds of all the, you know, the blogs and things mm -hmm. that I follow. Uh, you know, just joined the American Marketing Association, mm -hmm. uh, Seth Godin's Purple Room, you know. So I'm always trying to kind of tap into the latest uh, trends. But how does someone like you, uh, again, I mean, I consider you a thought leader. I looked at your LinkedIn newsletter this morning about, you know, mapping out your videos. Um, but how do mm. you stay up to date uh, on the marketing trends? Oh, it's a challenge for all of us. I don't really feel like I'm up to date. I always feel like I'm a step behind. Uh, so uh, I have the good fortune of being uh, close friends with a lot of people who are very on top of things and who watch trends. Um, honestly, what you're doing now is a format in which you learn a lot. And I'm co-hosting a podcast about AI and we are I'm, I'm learning a lot from that. Uh, I also am in a little mastermind group. So people are pointing things out to me that they found and learned. Um, but also, I think that you can be pretty successful by sort of ignoring most of the advice out there and not subscribing or trying to read everything or keep up in social streams. Ironically, um, there is uh, way more content than we all need, of course. And the and on the topic of marketing stuff, there's really just a small percentage of it that's going to be relevant to any given one of us at any time. So uh, I don't chase tools. I'm not looking for a, how to use a new tool. Uh, it doesn't. I don't get FOMO when something new comes out. Uh, AI, we treat differently. It's different. But I remember, I mean, I've had great results by just not paying any attention to, uh, you know, most of what's happening out there. Something new comes along. And if and if I, I'm optimistic about it, I'll fully embrace it. Like the LinkedIn newsletter, that was a great move, you know, to, to jump on that trend. Uh, but there's so many others. I mean, Clubhouse, remember that? Was that like a year ago? Like, what was that? It, I didn't. I didn't threads. I, yeah. We've yeah. Threads. <laughs> I yeah. never looked up for my work when those things came along and it hasn't troubled me at all. Well, interestingly enough, you know, I, I started writing uh, LinkedIn articles years ago. And mm -hmm. like you, I've I've written three books on LinkedIn. Um, and also, I know that you're on the sixth edition of your, your mm -hmm. first book that you wrote. Uh, I have my second edition that came out last year. And every two years, I'm going to update it. It's the LinkedIn book for sales and marketing. And the LinkedIn newsletter feature was one of the the biggest game changers yep. because you're Huge. able. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm closing in on eight thousand subscribers, and the fact is, you can huddle mm -hmm. a, a a a more direct target market into reading what it is that you want them to read about, and this also correlates to something that you talked about um, when you were in in uh, college and studying. I, I think it was um, Mandarin. I took a Mandarin, Mandarin degree. Yeah, Chinese. But you were also talking about the aspect of of being a teacher. So when you're when you're mm -hmm. teaching students, it's it, it's it's a it's a wide market 
that you are directing your information to because everyone learns different. Everyone mm -hmm. receives information differently, much like content. And I think what, what really drew Nancy and I to you is the fact that, you know, you speak a lot about content marketing. So a lot of people don't even know that you do SEO and websites. They think you're this content marketer, but you've leveraged content marketing to build your website and SEO company going from where it was to just you and your co-founder to now over 50, you know, employees, which mm -hmm. is amazing. So what do you feel is a, a, a misconception of content marketing? Because content is one of those things that people really struggle with. I don't know what sure. to say. What if people think my videos are dumb? You know, I don't want to mess up. So what's, what, what do you feel really differentiates people that really leverage content marketing the right way to, to not at all? Yeah, there's kind of a Goldilocks element here. There are mark there are content marketers who make the mistake of being too salesy and insisting that every piece of content should drive a lead. And they're all they talk about is they, they talk a lot about themselves and their product in a very narrow case, uh, set of use cases, uh, and that content doesn't reach very far. Uh, I I remember having that opportunity in the early days, right? It was like 2007, and I thought, how am I going to keep the attention of these people over time? You don't need a website except once every three, four, five years. Uh, I need something that will stay that'll help me stay top of mind and in kind of an autopilot system to keep in touch with people. So, okay, I'm going to write and I'm going to send it as a newsletter. We hardly talked about it as content marketing back then. And then, um, uh, you know, what would my audience pay attention to? What do marketing managers, marketing directors, VPs of marketing want to want to listen to? It's not web design. They don't want to get a web design email every two weeks. So I had to broaden the topic. There's other content marketers who make the mistake of just being too broad chasing clicks, like just anything, what are people going to click on today? You know, some social media marketers err on this side. They're just like a little bit too top of funnel and, you know, or SEOs frequently SEOs are just obsessed with rankings, terrible performance metric or clicks also not a great performance metric, right? You need conversions, you need qualified visitors. Right. So yeah, there's some that are just too salesy. Some that are just trying too hard for on general topics. A, a trick to make sure that you're in the middle somewhere would be to uh, really start by focusing on the audience. Yes. And the sales aligned content, every, you know, there's prospects in your funnel. Now there are cold leads in your CRM. You know, what, what do they really uh, first publish the things that will help close deals and are all about the sales conversation, but then ask yourself, like, what do these people need in their lives? What would help them do a better job? What do they listen to? What are they What are they watching? What are they reading? What do they subscribe to? Uh, and then jump into those conversations. Uh, Scott, I love the LinkedIn thing. Here's another bit of evidence that the LinkedIn newsletter is, um, you know, kind of uh, an important evolution of content marketing. Comments on blogs are so dead that we removed ours from our blog. There's no conversation happening on company websites, almost at all. Very low, extreme low levels of interaction. So... If you want to have a conversation, if you're publishing thought leadership content or, you know, kind of emotion triggering, thought provoking, uh, and you want to start, a, you want to interact with an audience, it's going to likely be on LinkedIn if you're in B2B. Love that. Nance? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I wrote, obviously, a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious about, you know, so I know you spoke uh, on a podcast one time, you talked about your research that goes into uh, writing your articles and your newsletters and things like that. Can you kind of like paint the picture of what that workflow looks like for you? Like just when you start to research and write? Sure. So there is an insane over-indexing of research in terms of formats 
uh, in its ability to attract links. People link to research more than they link to anything else with one possible exception, online tools, which is that content you build a tool. Uh, but there are uh, there's tons of evidence and you could just plug in any of your competitors or any brand into a link tracking tool and it'll show you just who, you know, which of their pages gets the most links. That's almost always original research, which makes sense because it's citations. It's supporting someone else's information. So yes, I never miss the chance if I have a question, if there's an opportunity to publish something that, you know, it's categorically different, right? It makes your website the primary source for new information. If you're doing a content audit for a brand, ask it first, is this website the primary source for any new information? Great. Okay. You've got an idea. You can publish some research on it. Uh, what it that process is usually in my book going to be one of two things. A giant survey piece, which is brutal to get responses. And you're going to have to do promotion twice, once for the survey, once for the piece when it's live. Or is there some observable data out there in the wild or in your own company that you can leverage? Anybody that's run experiments or tests, maybe they can publish that. Or you have some, um, uh, you know, there's something about, like I have a friend who's an email marketing pro. She subscribed to the newsletters of the top 50 banks and then was able to report on what percentage of banks use, you know, a company in the sender name, or they send weak the frequency, or did they have an automatic drip sequence, or did they ever send anything at all? Or, you know, it's, so there's, um, that those are mostly what we're going to do here is either find data and report on it, mix it up in a different way, or try to gather new data through survey. Our survey is the most effective thing we publish all year and mine goes live in a few days it's pretty straight <laughs> it's a big job and i'm glad it's over um, but it's cool i can i can report now on what percentage of bloggers use ai you're the first to know 65 percent wow wow it's mm -hmm. awesome yeah. so uh two two questions uh one is just quick and succinct and the other i think is going to take a little bit of uh time to answer uh first and foremost we all have inspirations people that really motivate and drive us you know, people like you to myself and Nancy, who inspires Andy from a business perspective to continue to drive him forward? Oh, well, they're the usual suspects uh, for the quality of writing and the engagement and just the intimacy with the audience. You've got Anne and Handley, of course, for the ability to create community and just empower the people around him. You've got Mark Schaefer, of course. Uh, Joe and Robert, Joe Polizzi and Robert Rose were sort of guided a lot of us into this era by, by both building a community and helping to put in kind of the, the standards for it in, in a lot of ways, like the way it's discussed and the, and the, the frameworks, the strategies, those fundamental strategies. Uh, when you get to analytics, there's some YouTubers, I've never met them. They don't know me, but there's people that I learned that if I've got a GA4 question, I kind of know where I'm going to go for it. Uh, there's a few of those, uh, but you know, I'm I'm just reading all kinds of stuff from all kinds of people now. Paul Rotzer and Chris Penn on AI, right? They're just uh, just fantastic clarity. I, I skew toward the ones that can give me something that I can apply right away, or I can just sort of see how it worked. Uh, I'm looking at examples and watching engagement on different topics, but I don't know. That might be kind of a boring answer because those are the kind no. of the the classics, right? That's great. Yeah. The the second question is. One of the reasons why uh, Nancy and I connect to you so well is you are up to date on all the things. We talk about AI all the time. We love AI for the, um, we, we call it kind of like the sandwich effect where you have the bread, which is AI, but then you bring your own value to it mm -hmm, meet in sure. the middle. And you're also really big into human touch, human contact, human interaction, you know, that human connection aspect where we know a lot of people 
in in our world in space that just want to outsource everything. They want to automate every process. They want to take themselves, throw themselves into a closet, never speak to another human ever again, and watch their business grow to seven figures. What's your thoughts and feelings on those people that, you know, A, are leaning too much on AI as far as doing everything for them, but those people that want to automate and remove themselves from their business? Uh, I've got a slide in a presentation that says, if you're not making friends, you're doing it wrong. It is that, and I believe that the word wrong is a strong word, but I, I, I stand behind that. Uh, the, if nothing else, you're less likely to burn out. You're more likely to enjoy your job. If you work with other people, uh, if nothing else, like, you know, this is a marathon. It's a very long game. Content marketing is not famous for being a fast channel to promote something in. So you're going to have to kind of have, um, you know, a squad or a team of allies. You're going to have to collaborate with people internally in your business. You're not going to be the only person like that would be. Um, I have, uh, my marketing director is out and we've had a webinar series we've done for like 12 years Well, it was live. And now it's a webinar. And because she was out, I was just giving this webinar and I pressed play and it was a webinar, right? So I can see the chat, but it was like a black mirror episode. It was so surreal the entire time. The only face I saw was my own. It ended. I, pr I pressed stop and then walked out and went home. Like, what am I doing here? It was the loneliest, saddest, like wilderness experience in my history as a content marketer. <laughs> I never write an article without a contributor quote. Never. Every one of my articles has a quote from somebody, right? And I love formats like this. Here we are collaborating. The best things in life come from working with other people. That's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to enjoy your job. You're going to learn people that don't do this. You know, I frequently learn while writing my own content. I learn from my own blog. How's that possible? Because I'm collaborating with experts and asking them for their input. It's fantastic, right? Like my content gets better. My network gets better. Uh, the the reach of it gets better because they're very likely to share. You've got someone to mention when you put it on, on uh, you know, make a social post. So no, I mean, it's, um, I don't know what part of life, you you know, is best to do alone. This, this is really, it's part of your life. It's a massive investment. So yeah, build a community and do it together and work with others. It's, it's, uh, I feel bad for those people, honestly, Scott, you, the people you mentioned, I'm worried for them. <laughs> I, I listen, you're, you're speaking our language because, you know, Simon Sinek wrote a book called Together is Better. And uh, it, it's the truth. We, we talk about all the time that, you know, we're very grateful that we get to run our company together as not mm -hmm. only co-founders and co-owners, but but business partners and husband and wife. Mm -hmm. So the Good other thing that, that we really resonate with is the fact that, you know, if you don't, I, I talk about this on LinkedIn all the time that the majority of your network that you're building on LinkedIn should be business allies, people that you can collaborate, connect with, sure. um, you joint ventures and, and all those things. So I, I totally resonate with everything that you're saying. Nance? Yeah. Well, actually, just to kind of like tail off of, you know, that question, um, because we kind of actually had a little debate and a, a talk with some of the people that I work with. So I work with a lot of health insurance uh, brokers, you know, our mm -hmm. agency. So we're actually a repurposing agency. It's called uh, BYB Agency, Build Your, build your Online Brand. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that we do is help them get content out there authentically. So it's them showing up on video, it's sharing their expertise, you know, it's connecting, it's, you know, putting obviously industry updates, things like that out there. And the biggest pushback, right, that I get from them is, well, I don't want to go on LinkedIn. I just want, you know, my content posted and then I want to disappear, right? And so my conversation with them is always the expectation. It's a two-pronged approach, right? We've got to connect, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in the dinosaur age, right, we used to cold call and we used to generate leads different ways. Well, 
This is replacing that. And sometimes it's really hard to get that across. And I know even a business partner that I work with who does a lot of the marketing uh, for them, he has the same frustration. Yeah. How can you communicate? Um, and I mean, obviously you being an expert in this space, um, I just like to hear, uh, again, any thoughts or expectations? Because again, it is a long game, but it's hard to explain to someone that, hey, we can do this one part, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you got to do the other part, right? To make it all connect. Yeah, that that reminds me. That feels like another one of those Goldilocks things. <laughs> there, Those people want to do like the drive-by and they want to use social media without being social. They're like sort of anti-social media marketers. Other people are just too obsessed with social metrics and they'll just sit there and refresh or just look at their DMs and hope for a response and look at notifications <laughs> all day. Yep. That person's also making a mistake. So here's a quick example of how anybody could get better engagement and be more authentic. If you Before you post the thing, if you first post a question or an idea and just see if there's an interaction on that topic and respond to people, it's like, you know, so I did a piece once about thought leadership. It's actually a research piece partnered with SurveyMonkey, got a bunch of marketers to tell us what they thought the definition of thought leadership was, which is fun because that's like not a very well-defined thing. It means different things to everybody. Yeah. So I'm going to ask this question, right? And I'm going to be doing a survey about it in a minute. So I post first on LinkedIn, like um, like a handwritten note as the image. It's like, what is thought leadership? You know, here's some boxes. Lots of conversation, lots of interaction. People, It was kind of a provoking thing, like people, not a lot, but there was interaction there. So that helped me guide the piece I made in a minute. That helped me find collaborators to reach out to for contributor quotes. That helped me refine the, the topic in my mind. And it gave me people to go back to and refer to when my final piece went live. I had saved the link of that LinkedIn post so I could go back and see who engaged with it. So I could let them know that the piece was live. It's like priming the pump. So rather than just use it strictly for social promotion, if they first use it to engage and then social promotion, they're very likely to keep engaging. You've kind of taught them about you know the value of just interacting on a topic uh, on your streams or someone else's. So I think that priming the pump thing might work well for them. Excellent. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, I say that all the time, like even vanity metrics, people are like, oh, well, I only got like this. And it's like, you know, <laughs> keep going. We're... It's quality. Yeah. yeah. My traffic is way down. Yeah. So Google got harder because there's so many visual things in Google search results now. Click-through rates have gone down. My traffic peaked at like one and a half million visitors. It's down business it, leads aren't down business is fine you know what went down oh it was a lot of low quality visitors to some pretty irrelevant posts like it's not really impacted that's not a no none of my service pages that rank for commercial intent key phrases so yeah those top of funnel metrics are the least likely to impact the, your bottom line the bottom of the funnel metrics are the most likely to impact the bottom line there's an inverse relationship between the visibility of a marketing metric and its impact on business outcomes hmm. Love that. And I'm sure we can continue to talk about this for another two hours and <laughs> just want to respect your time and, you know, just want to kind of keep people engaged in the sense that, you know, um, you you mentioned this early and Nancy talks about this like part art, part science, like, you know, mm -hmm. there, there, there is a, a mixture of both involved. So before I get to uh, the final question of, of today's episode, if people are interested in learning more about you, your company, how you help people, who you work with, everything you else have going on, where's the best place for people to find you? LinkedIn is my best channel. Same as you, Scott, Nancy. I'm, uh, the book also, which Nancy mentioned, is called Content Chemistry and you can get it anywhere. It's in its sixth edition. The, the new edition has 80 new pages. Uh, it is everything I know about content marketing up to that point of 2022, September 2022. 
So it will need to be updated again. Uh, and then the Orbit Media blog, orbitmedia.com. I published something there. We've got a YouTube channel. I've got an annual conference. We've got a webinar. I'm doing all the things, but probably LinkedIn is the place to start. Awesome. And uh, final question. Uh, I ask this to every single guest that I've had on here, close to 300 now. Wow. And, uh, a great answer every <laughs> every single time. And uh, what does success truly mean to you? Oh, breakfast and dinner with the kids. Uh, Eli's seven, Ada's five. Uh, this morning at breakfast, uh, he and I talked about fractions and decimals. Uh, this morning after breakfast, uh, she sat on my lap. We had a piano lesson. Whatever else happens in my day. Ada sat on my lap and we played piano. I played while she sang, <laughs> but then to brush her teeth and took her to kindergarten. So success is really the, the talk about like the most meaningful, uh, you know, th this is the, you know, getting things done book. It's like first make a list of all your roles and then set your priorities for each role. So yeah, success for me means uh, a year of, you know, healthy family and time with them. Uh, that That is like a hundred X more important to me than all this. Uh, marketing stuff, but I do love marketing. I do love teaching. And I was honored to have this chance to chat. Yep. And, you know, we totally resonate with that. You know, we, you know, Nancy had a company called work-life balance where, mm -hmm. you know, you want to, and, and again, there, there really is no complete balance, but, you know, we've grown and scaled our, our company where we work three days a week and we're off four days a week and we get to spend <laughs> a lot of time. And yeah, and it's, and it, it didn't happen overnight, but what I can tell you is that the most fulfilling things is the time that you spend with each other, with loved ones, with friends, experiencing the most out of life. You don't want work to ever define you. It's just a part of what you do. And, and when you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. You hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, Andy, just want to thank you so, so much for being here today. Loved our conversation. And Nancy, thanks for joining today as well. And thanks for letting me tag along. <laughs> I wish we had more time. I know I could talk yeah. to you guys all day. Oh, if, I if have a whole show. list of questions. Yeah, let's I do it again. Well, we'll, we'll do a Please. part two. You know, we'll reach out to you again. But Andy, thank you again for being here today and continued success. Thank you for everything that you're doing for the online world. And we really appreciate you. This was a pleasure. The scope of your questions, this was, uh, I, I have a lot of conversations like these, but uh, this one was special. I'll remember this. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. So everyone, uh, thank you for tuning in today. As always, wherever you're listening to and from, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, let us know what you loved about the episode and what you want to see more of. So everyone, please enjoy the rest of your days and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you are listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you loved, what you would like to see improved, or ideas you have for future episodes. And if you are interested in taking your business to the next level, don't hesitate to go to my website, www.scotterron.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me where I can learn more about you, your business, what you're struggling with, and how we can work together. And don't forget to check out my wife, Nancy, and mine, our free community on Facebook called LinkedIn Leads for Life. We would love to see you in there. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everyone, for your support. Grateful for each and every one of you.